confused. And of course, I clarified it, alhamdulillah, not, there was no reason for confusion, but anyhow. Um, he, um, so I asked him, I said, where did you get this from? Because this is one of the, uh, one of the modern phenomena, phenomena that we seem to face, where thanks to the ease with which uh, technical books are available uh, in Islam, Anyone and everyone reads them. Now, I have nothing against that. Frankly, let me tell you that. I mean, if somebody wants to read a book, go ahead. But like any technical book, to be able to truly understand it and benefit from it, depending on the level of that book, you need to be able to, you need to have enough background knowledge to be able to decipher what's in that book, to be able to make sense of what's in that book. If you don't have that knowledge, then even though the book itself <clears throat> is full of benefit, it will not benefit you and it might actually end up harming you. Uh, an easy way to understand that is, uh, you know, you know me and my love for Hyderabadi biryani. Uh, and true Hyderabadi biryani has no, uh, has no comparison, has no parallel in the world of human food and human cuisine. So imagine this absolutely fabulous Hyderabadi biryani, the best in the world. Imagine that. And then imagine somebody is stupid enough to try to feed it to their little baby who is still on on a diet of milk, you know, breastfeeding or otherwise, uh, still not taking solid food, right? And you force feed this child that biryani. What do you think will happen? You will kill the child, right? You will kill the child uh, or make it very, very, very sick. Now, you say, well, you know, what's wrong? I, I, I didn't give him poison. I gave him uh, this beautiful biryani. Well, for that child, that beautiful biryani was poison. And you were very stupid to give that child that biryani. The reason being that child's body is not ready. Stomach is not ready to accept food of that kind, which is so rich and which is so... Uh, you know, heavy. Nothing wrong with the food. The food is the food and, and that food is, is beautiful and fantastic and so on. But it is good and beautiful and fantastic only for somebody who has the capacity to digest it. Now, exactly the same process or same line of thought should be applied to Islamic knowledge. Islamic knowledge itself is fantastic, beautiful. Nothing can be, nothing can be better because we are talking about revelation. We are talking about knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly and it's beautiful explanation from Rasulullah sallallahu there's nothing in the world <coughs> which compares with that obviously nothing in the world which can be which can possibly be superior to that but just like feeding biryani to a urdu mein bada acha lafz hai shir khar jo doodh peeta hai शीरखार लड़ बच्चे को अगर आपने बिरयानी खिलाई तो मर जाएगा 
So if you if you feed biryani to this child which is still on milk, uh, this child will die. Not because of the biryani, but because the child is not capable. And the same thing applies. If you try to get bits and pieces of of Islam, of Islamic knowledge, from here and there, you know, YouTube videos, uh, lecture of this sheikh or that sheikh, or because you have access, uh, suddenly you are reading. Uh, uh, this friend of mine who, who wrote to me, I asked him, where did you get the hadith from? He said, Lulu al Marjan. I am reading Lulu al Marjan. And this is a <coughs> beautiful book of uh, hadith from Bukhari and Muslim. But obviously, it is a book for people who understand Usul al Hadith, who, and who have studied Usul al Hadith first, and who have a knowledge of how to approach a hadith and what are hadith. And when we say hadith sahih, hadith zaif, uh, they are not, they don't think the hadith is walking with a stick. Right and needs uh, an IV. Uh, you know, really. I mean, think about this. If people t- people talk uh, through their hats uh, and they say, "Oh, this hadith Sahih, this hadith Hasan, this is Gharib, this is uh, you know so on so on." I mean, what do you mean Gharib? So you want to give some money to the hadith? I mean, seriously, think about. And Gharib in, in Arabic means strange, and in, in Urdu means uh, poor. So the the point is that you know depends on on, on, on like any any other uh, body of knowledge. To be able to access knowledge of a higher level, you need to have enough knowledge, fundamental knowledge, to be able to access it. So, books like this, book like books like uh, Lulu al Marjan, books like Bulugh uh, al Maram, for example, uh, of Hafiz uh, Ibn al Hajar al Asqalani, and so on, <coughs> they're beautiful books. But imagine, Bulugh uh, al Maram is a, a selection of hadith. Uh, from uh, Bukhari and Muslim and elsewhere, and it's considered to be one of the uh, one of the most you know authentic and highest uh, collections of hadith, and and people refer to that uh, for uh, to to give fatawa and to give uh, you know to give explain the hukum on something. Now, uh, somebody who does not know the how of hadith, uh, who does not know the age of hadith. Uh, picks up Bulugh al-Maram and you pick up and, and you see a hadith in that, uh, you might get confused. I mean, I'm not saying everything will confuse you. It will not. But there are some things uh, because you have to understand the circumstances like we have the Al-Bab al of the Ayat of the Quran, the circumstances of revelation. So also in the hadith and even more so in the hadith, there are circumstances of revelation. Why did Rasulullah say something in a certain place? What was the, what was the logic behind that? Uh, what was the the thought behind that? Uh, inshallah, today, uh, tomorrow I will give you some examples, some specific examples of how the hadith itself is perfectly correct, but it is not used uh, to create, a, to give a fatwa or to uh, or, or to give a, make a hukum in a particular matter. And why that is so, I'll you know, explain that to you. But the point is that there are a hadith, alhamdulillah, which are perfectly correct. There is absolutely nothing wrong in the hadith. But if you don't have a background of usul al-hadith and you don't have a background of studying deen in a systematic manner, then that hadith will confuse you. And you will end up doing completely the wrong thing, which is not even the mansha of the hadith. The Prophet ﷺ never meant that. He never did that. And I'll tell you why we say that. Right? It's not as if I went to the, to the Prophet ﷺ and said, Ya Rasulullah, you, you, you said this. Did you mean it? I, I don't know. I mean, I am... Uh, I, I have no access to it. But the point I'm saying is that this what I'm telling you and what I will tell you, inshallah, 
is again not my opinion. This is what our scholars, this is what the great classical scholars, this is what the, the scholars later on, the Aima of, of, of Islam, this is what they have explained. And they said that this is the hadith and this is the way we approach that hadith. This is the way we see that hadith. Right? So we do not reject the hadith because it's a correct hadith. But at the same time, you have to approach it and see it in, the, in, a, in a correct manner, uh, in the manner in which it is meant, so that you get the correct uh, mafhum, the correct uh, meaning from it, and you can uh, extract the correct hukum from this hadith. Otherwise, you confuse yourself and you confuse everybody else. So my submission to you is, Alhamdulillah, all your <coughs> enthusiasm about learning Islam is very good, very welcome. May Allah bless you. But start systematically. Start at the beginning, go step by step. Don't suddenly, when you have not even learned how to float, Right? Don't jump. Don't just jump into the ocean. You will drown. Uh, you will kill yourself, and you will kill somebody else also. Like like swimming, like anything else. There is a system to be followed. So follow that system, and the system, the basic fundamental system, and it starts even before that. But the basic fundamental system to approach hadith is first to uh, to understand and study usul of hadith. The basic fundamental system to approach the tafsir of Quran is to first study the usul of tafsir of Quran. We have people who will who just you know pick up an ayah and they extract a meaning from it and they quote the ayah. Oh, but you see, this is what the ayah says. Do you know the asbab and nuzul of the ayah? Do you know how this ayah was revealed, where it was revealed, why it was revealed, what Rasulullah said and so on and so forth? You don't know anything, but you make this thing. So please understand, our, our basic fundamental um, stand on the Quran and hadith is that Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, irrespective of the circumstances of revelation, is applicable to all of the world, all of humankind, until the end of time. So this is the first very important thing to understand. Uh, no matter what the circumstances were, the ayah is above and free from those circumstances. The ayah is applicable throughout. Um, the circum so you might say, well, why do we need the circumstances? We need the circumstances because we want to uh, understand, you know, how did it happen and so on and so forth. As a matter of interest, alhamdulillah, so we, we need the circumstances. But other than that, uh, we do not need the circumstances. We, uh, irrespective, even if you do not know the circumstances, the ayah is valid and the ayah must be, if it's a hukum, uh, if it's something which is uh, giving a, uh, if it's an order, then it must be followed, irrespective of that. And irrespective of time, place, geography, uh, country, nation, era, and whatnot. Uh, and there are many examples of this. Uh, second thing is uh, that the same thing applies to the to the hadith of Rasulullah Once it is confirmed that the hadith is a shahi hadith, it's a confirmed authentic hadith, then it must be followed irrespective again of uh, time, place, whatnot, because this is the hukum of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But it's important for us to understand uh, how something was revealed, where it was revealed, wh wh what Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught, uh, how did he teach it, and so on, because we want to understand the context of the whole thing. And uh, so, therefore, my submission to you is that approach Deen systematically. Study the usul before we, before you go ahead, and the best way to do that is to um, is to find somebody uh, to find somebody who is knowledgeable. Go to an ustad 
don't take something out of your head. Go to an ustad and let the ustad teach you what you should be doing. And that is the correct way of approaching deen, right? This self-taught uh, Islam doesn't work. Nobody was self-taught. Um, right from the beginning, the Sahaba learned from Rasulullah and then from the Tabayin learned from the Sahaba and so on and so forth. Although it was, it is very important in Islam, the uh, to know who is your ustad, uh, to correct, to, to, to pick the right teachers, uh, to go to the right teachers, to go in the right way with the right adab. Uh, all of this is absolutely critical in Islam and it is critical to benefiting from uh, the knowledge of this theme. So please follow the process. Without the process, even though the thing itself is good, it will not benefit you. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to do things in a way which is beneficial for us. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with us and to guide us uh, with his kalam and with the teachings of his Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.